Hello and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. We are back and we thank you for being back. So wherever you're listening, make sure to five-star rate, subscribe, and support the podcast because this week we have a long one as far as a lot of news. There's so much news in this in this week, in this past week that we got a lot to touch on and a lot to discuss. We'll also talk about some great things in our financial roundtable around the great resignation, the spending retail boom, and we'll get to question of the week. So again, thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoy the show. Market update and news update for this week. First and foremost, we'll talk about the markets. It's really been choppy. We saw a little bit uh, of a pullback, then we're seeing you know strong futures uh, indication this morning. So really about flat for the market so far this week, but I, I do think we go push a little bit higher, uh, generally speaking, because the Dow right now, the futures are up 24 points. Um, and the big thing that's been in focus has been retail spending and all the retail reports. We had you know shares of Macy's and Kohl's. They jumped based off of strong earnings because, as I was stating, retailers, consumers um, are spending cash at higher clips than ever before, despite rising any prices. They're spending. And we're seeing tech shares also go up despite um, any inflation talks or any movement in the 10-year treasury yield. So we're definitely seeing some move in the consumer discretionary sector in the tech sector. That's Those two have been the highest performing sectors over the past month. Um, and that's kind of something we probably see towards the end of this year because uh, we haven't even received holiday numbers yet. So that's the big thing, uh, the COVID concerns. Um, obviously, it's still something to be concerned about macro health-wise, but as far as the equity markets has, has kind of declined as well as the 10-year treasury concerns that's kind of gone away um, for now. So that's the big market update. If we shift over to the news, the first big story that's kind of broke is the crypto.com renaming of the, of the Staples Center. So the Staples Center, which is the home for the Los Angeles Lakers, and I believe the Clippers play there also, the basketball teams, the NBA teams I'm referring to. You know, big companies pay hundreds of millions of dollars for naming rights for the stadium so they could be renamed and get obviously a huge branding opportunity for them. The first crypto one we've seen, Crypto.com has now sponsored the former Staples Center, now that is the the former Staples Center, which will now be Crypto.com. Um, and they paid $700 million to do this. Uh, and it's going to change December 1st. So it's really just a move for branding, for more marketing, for more awareness. And obviously, every time on television, they're saying the Crypto.com center or arena. It's just a huge thing for them. So that's interesting to see. This is the first one we've seen of its kind. And I'm sure there'll be more. Um, but these companies, especially these crypto companies, are spending hundreds of millions of dollars, obviously because they have it, but they're also using that to grow awareness of their own company. So that's super interesting to see that take place. If we shift gears to more chip talk, we don't talk much about the chip makers, but they're, they should be in focus. Semiconductors, chip makers, NVIDIA you know, reported their earnings and they reported strong earnings, $7.1 billion in quarterly revenue. And they're saying that there's a lot of demand for gaming and data center chips which is makes sense, right? There's a lot of gaming going on still. Data centers are not are more in focus than ever before with our flex working and all these different things. So chip makers and semiconductors are having a crazy run just because of that. 
Um, and it's interesting to see how they kind of continue that if it continues into 2022. And shifting gears to a, um, another company that's actually having also a pretty good strong, Lucid. We're talking about all these electronic vehicle startups. Tesla wouldn't be really a startup. It's the biggest in the market. But there's a bunch of like startups that are coming around trying to chase Tesla. And Lucid is one of them. They actually won the car of the year. It's the you know for for what they they got awarded that and their sedans are coming now they have they went public via spac merger in july and they're delivering luxury sedans to consumers um and it was crown car of the year by auto magazine this is not an endorsement in, in a sense for lucid or the stock it's just in general i think we're seeing a lot in this electronic vehicle space probably seeing a lot of crazy valuations like overvaluations just because people want to be in this crowded space and there's only a few players so far but as Elon Musk, Musk mentioned, the trick is for them to scale, right? And to become profitable. That's super hard. We've only seen Tesla really do it. Um, and everybody's betting on all these other places, people to do it, whether it's Rivian or Lucid and all these places. But you never know. It's a really, really tough place. Um, and, and you got to just kind of, it's something to be watching for sure. Speaking of watching, Netflix is going to change the way it ranks its top 10 shows. Instead of doing it, it's going to start to do it by total hours watched instead of how many viewers watch the first two minutes. And I like that. I don't think it makes sense to just say, oh, if viewers watch the first two minutes, that's a top show. It needs to be total hours watched or whatever the rates based on how long the show is. Um, and I think that's a much, much better metric. And Netflix is getting better at giving us metrics because they have a lot of data. Like hundreds of millions of people are watching Netflix across the world. And for them to expel a little bit of the data, obviously you want to keep some of that IP or most of that IP for yourselves and for the future things they're going to do. But for us investors um, and understanding a little bit of what they're doing is kind of interesting. Speaking of investing, the Green Bay Packers, the NFL franchise, is going to sell shares of itself for $300 to fund stadium improvements. Uh, but the shares can't be traded, resold, or cashed out. So if you don't know, the Green Bay Packers like the only publicly, and not like public stock market chain, but they're publicly owned franchise. Like they're, they're like the one few, they're, they're the one only that I am aware of, especially in the NFL for sure, that people can have shares in the Green Bay Packers. Um, and apparently they can't be traded, resold, or cashed outside. I'm not really understanding. I don't fully understand the makeup of this logistically and how it works for the shareholders, but I'm sure it's pretty cool for like a lot of people that live in Wisconsin uh, to be able to say, yes, I own a piece of this franchise. That's why they have such a rabid fan base, but I'm a Viking fan. I'm from Minnesota. I'm not down with, you know, what you guys are doing over on that side of the, of the States in Wisconsin, but it's just something interesting to talk about and to assess on what they're trying to do. Speaking of some interesting things, Taylor Swift is re-recording a lot of her past songs. So, you know, over the weekend she dropped, and I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan, but I think this is important from a business perspective. Uh, but she did drop over the weekend, Red, Taylor's version, a re-recorded album of her hit 2020 breakup anthems. Um, plus some never released tracks. Um, so Taylor doesn't own her masters. Uh, the, uh, AKA the original recording. So in case you people may not know background of this, a lot of stuff is going on in the music and streaming space. And it's quite interesting to see um, what is going on. There is um, really just a, a lot of changing as far as artists. You know, a lot of these artists don't own their music, right? They get a percentage of 
the streaming. Obviously, they make a lot of money on touring, but they don't own any of the music. So when these mu- music streams in perpetuity, the royalties p- primarily go to the owners, which is like the record labels and all those people. And so, um, and if you're streaming this on, people still streaming it on Spotify, like a lot of people are going to recognize and discover artists over the course of the next decade or two, right? Three, four, five. And all that money goes to the owners of the masters, not the artists. So artists are now trying to take control of this. Um, and it's it goes in conjunction with this creator economy and what's going on. And a lot of artists are trying to get back their masters. You've seen a lot of them buy it back. You've seen a lot of selling of catalogs and masters. You've seen so much going on in the space, which I've been really watching. But back to the point at hand. So for Taylor, she doesn't own the masters. It's owned. Um, she was signed to a record label, Big Machine, uh, which was later sold, sold to Scooter Braun, who is a manager for a bunch of people, um, Kanye, Justin Bieber, I think Ariana Grande. Um, and she signed a new re- new deal with Universal in 2018, uh, which gave her ownership of her new masters. So in all the new music she's making since 2018, uh, she has control of those masters. But she wanted to get control or at least get paid for the stuff she recorded prior to then. And so a lot of artists are just re-recording their old music um, and putting it back out there in the world and having saying people, hey, don't stream the old stuff. We don't mess with that anymore. Stream my new re-recorded version and I can make money off of that, right? Um, and last year, a private equity fund, Shamrock, paid $300 million for Taylor's old tunes. Um, and Scooter Braun had a cut of that deal. Um, and so that's why she's re-recording it. There was a big hoopla back and forth between them when this all happened. So you're seeing a lot of artists... You saw Shanti also said she's going to re-record everything and her manager, um, her owner of her masters got upset. So you've seen a lot of this happen. I think it's interesting. I, I you know, you can decide whose side you're on, uh, but a lot of this is going on in the music space. And speaking of the music space, Warner Music, which owns and represents people like Cardi B, Ed Sheeran, um, they saw a big stuff in sales. A lot of these more you know big music companies um and they're pushing music on tiktok and peloton they're getting a lot of licensing and streaming numbers from that and starting to push areas of music in so many different ways where they can capture that income and of course that income is going to them and now you're starting to see better splits with the artists as well and speaking of more splitting disney is aggressively exploring sports betting content through its ESPN brand and street as streaming growth is slowing for Disney. So Disney just ramped up a lot of people on Disney plus during 2019 when they unveiled 2020 during the, the throes of the pandemic. And now they're slowing the growth because they're already at hundred over 110 million people on this platform. And so they're now trying to explore sports betting, which I think is an area that's going to be, obviously it's a strong area. There are a lot of betters and the people that want to gamble all the time out there. Um, And so they're getting more into that area and trying to explore it and how that can merge with their huge network of live sports. So we'll be watching that as well. But folks, there was so much news today. That was the majority of it. And now we're going to go into the financial roundtable and talk a little bit more about the great resignation and the spending boom. So gather around, folks. We're going to discuss in our roundtable a couple of interesting topics that I think are just useful to know from a um, financial planning standpoint, as well as just a general economic 
standpoint. So we talked about it earlier in our news update, but you're seeing so much happen with retail sales in the US. So generally talking about this consumer spending. Remember, there was a big talk about the reopening and the big spending boom that was supposed to happen this past summer that happened, but didn't really happen because of the COVID variant um, that popped up and kind of shut down a lot of that boom. I think that boom is happening now. And we're seeing it in the fourth, third, beginnings of the third quarter, late stage of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter where we're seeing so much and a lot more spending happening uh, as U.S. retail sales rose by more than expected in October last month, 1.7% from the previous month. That's a month over month change. And it's showing that shoppers are not really worried about inflation. Um, they're just going to you know grocery stores, electronics, online retailers saw a huge 4% uptick in sales. Uh, which is one big thing I talked about. I knew that there's going to be a big, bigger boom in the e-commerce and online retail space in the third and fourth quarter um, as we you know, wrap up to holidays. People are spending this cash flush in people's accounts, and they're spending this cash. Walmart said customers are shopping in their stores um, and that its size is going to allow blunt increase. Home Depot said the same thing. Bottom line is if you're bullish, if you're bullish on e-commerce and spending uh, consumer discretionary, that is something that's happened. What does that mean for you? I don't know. Uh, if you think about your financial plan, you want to make sure that you're not overspending, right? People are getting caught up. And it was funny. I was doing a workshop uh, for Freelancers Hub. Shout out to them. And people were, there was a question about like, I have so much um, pressure, it feels like, to be retired earlier. And, and tangentially, you can say like, there's so much pressure to like show some sort of um, life, level of life um living and I, I don't fully agree with that as far as like online and social media is posting buying they did this they did that again that could lead to fomo and different things that's why i tell people to stay focused on what you're trying to do because it may not be aligned with what everyone else is trying to do and i don't think it is to be honest um so if you can block those things out and focus on enjoying life with your family and getting the things that you need for your people and the people around you you could have less worry um, about what people are buying or spending or doing X, Y, Z, because it doesn't really match up with what you need to do. So so that's the big portion on the, on the spending boom. I just think it's crazy to watch these trends and interesting to watch these trends. And now the other portion, which I think is interesting, the big story is the great resignation. So we're talking about two trends that are potentially long-term trends and effects in the economy. You're talking about the spending boom that we just discussed. And now the great resignation, which hasn't subsided, it hasn't really slowed down. There's a new trend emerging in the U.S. labor market, and more and more Americans are quitting their jobs, according to the jobs report. A record number of 4.4 million Americans left their jobs in September, accelerating a trend that's become known as the great resignation. The number of Americans quitting has now exceeded pre-pandemic highs for six straight months as employers, especially in low-wage sectors, are struggling to fill um, positions. And there's a lot of people that speculate on the reasonings. There are definitely some reasonings, and we talked about it a bit on this podcast, one being that people are, one, realizing that they need to be paid more for certain things that they're doing, right? Like prices are rising, other people are raising, you know, wages. So people are realizing, hey, if you're not going to pay me more and I'm going through all this, I'm just going to quit. Um, and so that's one reason, right? And then also it's a, such a tight labor market that people – in other sectors, other companies are being competitive and offering more things, right? And the third play area I think that plays a part in is the people wanting to create money 
on their own. It was funny. I was talking to a gentleman in the AT&T store getting a new phone. And he mentioned that, you know, he just really wanted to like live the life he wanted to live. I think the pandemic brought on a sense of reflection from everyone that they hadn't had a time to really sit down and reflect before or see another way of life and what life could be like if you're living and creating money and, and opportunity and producing for yourself and how that looks like uh, for you and, and living life that you want to live. And so he brought that up to me like, man, I, I just really want to get to the point where I live life. I want to live, protect the people around me. And I thought that was interesting to see that everyone is sort of reflecting on that. And so this trend is, is continuing. I think you see it more and more, and it means it's more people creating their own businesses, doing more services through their own stuff. There's just a lot that could go through that. There's people switching jobs, obviously, a bit. Um, there's going to be changes in the way that corporates or potentially maybe do stuff, but we'll see on that. So I thought that was just interesting. As far as your planning, again, we talked about it in, in subsequent and prior episodes, excuse me, meaning, you know, how do you plan for these certain things, meaning you have saved up. Uh, but again, all this stuff comes with a risk. People don't like risk, but you cannot have reward without any sort of risk. And you you really have to have those two are, are married together to see any sort of large reward. You have to take bigger risks. Um, and so you got you can plan effectively, make sure all your ducks in a row, but you can take risk if you see an opportunity. And so that's something to to uh, understand when you're thinking about these things and what these trends mean for you. So that's what we have, folks. A longer roundtable this week, but I thought it was important. Let's get to the question of the week next. Question of the week. We've brought question of the week back. Of course, let's get right to it. The listener says, I have a, I have an $8.5 million estate and I have nine kids, three of whom have not proven to be responsible. Should I cut them out of my will? Let's get in to the question. He says, I married my girl from high school in 1972. We graduated and she went to med medical school. She graduated and worked as a doctor since 1978. I work in computers. We went from having less than 4,000 to 8.5 million. We are old and our pleasure is planting. My wife and, and my wife and for me, planting is for his wife and travel for him. Uh, they live in Minnesota. Shout out to Minnesota, my hometown. Um, it's cold there, so he likes to travel. They spend their time working on their farm. They had two birth children, adopted seven children. Um, interesting. That's awesome. With our state, my wife and I split things equally. She wants 500000 to go to the church, praise the Lord. Um, and I, and she doesn't have a problem with that, even though they have supported it and have paid faithfully tied for 49 years together. That's why the Lord has blessed them. Their two eldest children work in a hospital, and their third eldest got a religious degree and did missionary work overseas for 12 years, and now is sort of a paraprofessional. Two other children are living in properties that I bought for them. <laughs> and I would like to give my eldest son double what I give the other kids, but I'd like to exclude three of my children from my will for three different reasons. Gambling, leaving home at 16 and trying to shake me down for money. My wife wants me to change my mind with one of my children who declined to pursue an education, has been holding out a job, if not a very well-paid job, but must the assets be divided equally? What is your take? So this is a very interesting question. Um, a very, very interesting question. A lot of kids, um, a lot of kids obviously adopted and biological, um, but they built a good life. They've built a good life. You live below your means. You saved. 
some of the stuff I tried to preach to every one of my clients and there a lot of them, a lot of them listen, they're, they're getting it. Um, but they can't afford to be generous with what they'd be given. And you're seeing, and this is a side, you're seeing so many people. I, I don't know if you guys are seeing these articles, but a lot of articles online interviewing celebrities and asking them, are they going to leave stuff for their children? And it's become a discussion point because a lot of them say, no, they don't believe in doing that. Some said, oh, some, yes. But yeah, it's interesting what happens when you go on, what do you do with your money? What do you do with the state? What do you do with all that stuff? Because it is again at the end of the day stuff. Um, but, you know, in this situation, it doesn't say why the child left home um, could be due to problems of the relationship um, or different things, but you don't want to be hold the grudge against a 16 year old. Cause we probably all made decisions that weren't the best at 16. If you don't trust the children to use the inherent wisely, you could use a trust that specifies different requirements, um, to receive income from, from the monies. Right. So that's one thing. Um, I don't think cutting children out of the will, um, makes the most sense, especially with a lot of assets to be divided, because that could lead to a lot of ill will and resentment towards you and, and when you're past and then they could pass that down for generations. So you want to try to do things fairly. Trust will be good to, to, to specify some things and help keep things in line for what you want these assets to be used for. But leaving people out may not be the rest choice. So that's what we have again this week, folks. We really appreciate you listening. Stay tuned for an exciting episode next week.